Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dishyaltica Fusion Thursday Night Hangout. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific comer himself, Zilios! How goes it, good sir? It goes, sir. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a weekly live show where we try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you during the show. If you haven't submitted a topic, question, etc., all you have no fear. All you have to do is drop it in the chat, and we'll try to add it to the topic list of our show. If, by some crazy-ass circumstance, we do not, unfortunately, cover that topic, it will be added to the next show. Is that really such a crazy-ass circumstance? It depends on the news cycle. So, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's let's jump right into it. And the first thing we're going to do, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to basically bounce around the uh, the topic list here. Um, so, bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. So, you know, at, we've been talking a lot about streaming services uh, for gaming. Uh, of course, you've got the Google Stadia, and of course, you have Amazon Luna. Well, yes, Amazon Luna suffered a humongous blow. Oh. Uh, it turns out, uh, first of all, Amazon Luna was announced about five months ago. Okay, so this is Amazon's, I guess, version of Google Stadia. I think it's like a four ninety nine, <coughs> bless you, four ninety nine uh, subscription, uh, monthly subscription, whatever. Anyways, the uh, vice president of that organization, Mark Witten, has left the company. Some people may recognize Mark's name from uh, the fact that he worked for, at Microsoft from January ninety seven to March. 2014 and he was he basically helped usher in the xbox brand and was part of the most successful uh years of the 360 so the red ring of death not the hardware just the the software execution but anyways pretty epic so this gentleman right now uh he has now accepted a job at uh unity create uh, huh. as I think the senior vice president. So I found that a little bit interesting. And the, the, the funny thing is you, you look at all these, um, these game streaming services from like back in the day, you had, um, on live, uh, I guess you could go game tap, I guess. And, you know, it's just, it was all because of, you know, they didn't think big enough, but now it's not that. I mean, you're talking about Google and you're talking about Amazon, two monstrous companies. But the problem is the gatekeepers. And that, of course, is the ISPs. Yeah. Uh, and the, the fact of the matter is that, I mean, streaming games, uploading, you know, basically upload, download of, of constantly streaming games on top of what we're already doing because of this wonderful world of COVID. Mm-hmm. Even, even me, who has a household of four, we're we're just underneath that line, and if we were to get like a Google Stadia or a Luna, we'd be exceeding that and being paying. Uh, we would have to pay overages overages every single month. And of course, uh, from my understanding, the cap's going to get lower starting next month. Is that right? Well, I guess my other question too would be: I think at some point in time, streaming is going to happen for gaming. Agreed. But I wonder if maybe we were overestimating the current state of streaming. Even considering the data caps, I mean, you still consider the proliferation of um, consoles. I mean, you can't get your hands on a PS5. Yep. um, Zelius did, though. I did, yes. 
um, in the bathroom at the car dealership. That came out. Wrong. That's creepy. Um, <laughs> it was a it was a bathroom deal, okay. And then the I mean the switch is still not exactly like easy. I mean you can find it, but it's still very well selling. Yep. Um, PC components are you can find them, but they're always marked up. Mm-hmm. So the hardware sector, as far as playing the games locally, is still very much vibrant and healthy, which shows that people still. Down. I mean, obviously you have to download the games, but that's a different data usage than streaming it. But I think it shows that there's definitely still a local usage. I mean, even on your phone, you're still downloading that game to your phone to play. Um, I mean, think about even like battery life, right? Most of the time you're playing your iPhone not hooked up to a lightning charger. Mm-hmm. If you were to stream that game, that would also kill your battery even quicker. All that data, I mean, that's kills batteries absolutely so i mean i thought i was on the board of the stadium and the luna and i probably overestimated also um thinking that it was right here it was right now but it's maybe still a few years off to become household um because a lot of the gamers of the older of our generation at least we're still all about buying that hardware um you know we we grew up in the days of the sega and nes where you had those cartridges um, and That's James true. makes a good point where any of the physics-based games will kill the battery. Um, and you have things like Unity and Unreal Engine, which make producing games with those physics and those cool things a lot easier than ever. That still though, people... what's that? I said still though, it's still going to drain your battery. Oh no, yeah, it's still going to kill. It's if anything, our batteries can be drained quicker than ever. Oh yeah, um, based on the games that you have now. So maybe I don't know. Um. At some point, it's going to happen, but you also wonder if. So Google's trying to do it. Amazon's trying to do it, but they're also those kind of companies where if they're not making humongous profit margins off of it. They don't stay very long in those sectors, especially Google. Yep. And so that's why I really, I mean, the problem with Google and the Stadia is they have to give up a piece of that pie to stream successful games from other developers and long term is google going to want to do the profit sharing like that on their own stuff long term whereas they want to make all that money like the play store and the app store that's that's money like that's just golden money for them for not doing a whole lot of work for both apple and android but for like the stadio that's a lot of work for google to do to make profit now Yes, but the thing is, you know, and, and you can kind of see the writing on the wall. I mean, they closed their own, their only first person uh, or first party development team, uh, partially because no one knows what's going to happen with the Stadia. Like Zelia said, Google has a tendency of throwing stuff up and then dropping it like a bad hob- habit. And next second, hello, Google wave. Uh, <laughs> Google it if you don't know. Google Plus, uh, Google, the news, the old uh, RSS news feed. They have so many products. Oh, yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, I think I would I would like to see, you know, the street uh, game streaming services succeed if they're, well, you know, reasonably be priced. But the fact of the matter is, as long as our uh, telecom infrastructure is the way that it is that today, that uh, – any company that's going to try to do a game streaming service is going to have 
their nuts in a vice by their ISPs. So just an interesting antidote, because I've actually played, I've heard good things about people who've actually played the Stadia. Mm -hmm. As far as latency, apparently it's actually a good experience. Yeah. But on my PS5, I was trying to play earlier Shadows of Colossus, which is mm -hmm. PS3 game, PS3 game, so you can only stream it. Which I get it, hardware makes sense. Um, but the low it got times released on PlayStation 3. It's not yes, originally a it, PlayStation 3 game. But it was released on PS3. So I'm paying I'm playing the PS3 version of the game. Okay. Um, but the load game, the load times and the save times were really long. Um like to load the game took over a minute of just sitting there. Yep. Whereas a locally installed PS5 game was like instantly ready to play. You know what that so, sounds like? What? The, uh, what the hell is it called? Uh, the PSP remote play option that you had on the PlayStation oh, 3, yeah. where you could play your PlayStation 1 or 2 games uh, uh, over, like, it would the game would physically be in your PlayStation 3 and then you would play it, you'd be able to play it on your PSP, but oh dear God, it was beyond painful. Did you actually try it out? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Until my PSP battery went bad. Um, um, Sony dev Sony mobile devices eating and killing batteries. That's a very gee, iconic Gee, I don't word. know. Um, okay, so so here's something funny. So we're talking about you know streaming uh, games and whatnot. We're also talking you know one of the big components uh, of most games out there today are is the multiplayer component. Of course, requires online connection. So you either you know you're streaming or you're doing it from your your local hard drive, but you still have that uh, up down connection. Oh yeah. Well, interesting bit of news that came out recently. Um, First of all, one of the big projects that was supposed to be BioWare's, you know, next big thing, Anthem, has now officially died. Um, uh, they had pledged to basically make, uh, to complete the fundamental work, to bring out the full potential of the experience, specifically working to reinvent the core gameplay, clear goals, motivating challenges, and progression with meaningful rewards. Um, and... Uh, apparently, when um, when Bioware went to the EA executives and said, "Okay, look, here's the deal: in order to really make this thing work, we got to go from a 30-person team to a 90-person team to really kick this thing in gear." And EA goes, "Nah, we're good. Nah, we're good. Yep, yep. So, no more Anthem." However, so basically, they didn't allow the Final Fantasy 14 method where they actually invested in a reboot. Correct. Yep. But this is EA. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Final Fantasy, that's square. I mean, you know, they've, they, they will take a chance. EA, if it doesn't immediately give me money. Anyways, I'm not letting my, 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 you know, my true feelings out much. Uh, but ironically, as a result, another big, title that's coming from Bioware being published by EA, Dragon Age, the next one, the fourth one, is only going to be single player. They reportedly had a huge component that was going to be multiplayer that was going to be part of the next Dragon Age game. But because of what's happened with Anthem, they said, nope, take it all out. Do you kind of feel like this is almost like Bioware's last hurrah as far as EA allowing them to stay open? It almost feels like if Dragon Age 4 is an epic fail, then you could basically say bye-bye to Bioware. 
Look, well, I mean, look, look at Which this makes way. me sad. Uh, look at this way. To be honest with you, if if you want to kind of look at, you know, if you, I I look at this as yes, it's probably Bioware's um, in names uh, last hurrah. I'm sure that most of the Bioware veterans have probably left and gone to other teams. Uh, but I feel this is kind of like what's happening with Blizzard, mm-hmm. where they are EA will keep the name Bioware. But basically, what Bioware is is going to die, or is already dead. Where um, Activision, what was Blizzard, is now dead, and they just have, you know, companies that will uh, make ports and, you know, mess with existing code to make it look pretty, but underneath well, the Blizzard name. The worry, like with the failed Anthem. Mm-hmm. It makes you worry even more, which I know something you always lament, is the lack of unique IPs. Yep. And so now you have Dragon Age 4. You also have the legendary Mass Effect edition. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Overwatch 2. It's like Diablo 2. Yep. Um, Remass, re- Resurrected, Diablo 2 Resurrected, mm-hmm. um, Diablo 4. It's all these remakes and rehashes and like next iterations um and that's something bioware did great is they had the world of mass effect that they created they created the world of jade empire they created the world i mean i know it was a take on world but kotor they're great at producing these massively awesome single player in some case multiplayer possibly um like with blizzard worlds and doing something phenomenal and unique because they're willing to do that to go on a limb but now it's the regurgitation of the same idea over and over basically um and that's where like i mean i've always followed the hack and slash realm and that's where it seemed like path of exile take over basically for your more hardcore hack and slashers right not just because to stick it to blizzard but because diablo 3 was just not a great game um it just didn't have anything interesting it wasn't original Whereas Path of Exile really threw basically the genre in its head with the crafting and the skill tree, which was basically taken from Final Fantasy X, but whatever. Um, but they did that, whereas Diablo 3 just played it super safe and kind of boring, actually, with the skills. You know what's funny um, was that Diablo 3, almost right off the bat, had to do uh, already had to do a graphic shift because apparently they're like, uh, Activision's like, we got to make it bright and pretty. And we're like, no, this is Diablo. So if you yeah. look at the the screenshots right before the release, it was, you know, like rays of sunshine and you saw like green vegetation. <laughs> it was like, this is not Diablo, which yeah. is kind of the, the same. It was the same feeling I had when I played uh, Dead Space 3. Now, mm-hmm. thankfully, well, okay. So Blizzard changed it to make it the dreary Diablo we all, you know, love. Uh, and then, of course, Dead, they didn't change Dead Space 3. They just left the lights on, which is stupid. But the other issue, and this is one that I still uh, harbor very uh, hard feelings against Zelius when it comes to Diablo 3, and that was that it was not abundantly obvious uh, how to turn off the ability for one of your friends on your Battle.net account to join an already uh, uh, in-play session. So... Zelius, uh, while I was fighting like a, and a, a, we also say that once an individual, an additional individual jumps into the game, the difficulty ramps up to kind oh, of yeah. compensate. So what happened was Zelius jumped into one of my games that I was playing. I was going to get, I was, I was just holding my own against a boss, 
and Zeely starts window shopping in town, and all of a sudden, my ass just gets destroyed by the boss because the difficulty ramped up. Look, I was just trying to help you up your game and get better at the game. It's not my fault that you're a noob. You son of a bitch. Anyway, so, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I hope no, I that. I did. Did you read it? Did you see anything about the Diablo two reforged though? Or resurrected? I keep on saying that. No. What, what, what's happening? So now? what I did find interesting is the, the entire game is basically being remastered onto the original game. So like the actual original playing at 24 FPS under the scene with the same exact motions and grid view and all that stuff. It's literally just a graphics overhaul. I, I, I have no ill feelings towards the developers that are that are stepping in, but that does not surprise me. These guys are the port masters. The, uh, you know, you put a, a fancy cover over the port so that it works on the updated system or the mobile system or the handheld system. That's their stick. I mean, that's what yep. they do. So I'm not, I'm not like, oh my god, no way, because that's so what they've done. Yeah, I mean, it, it, from the looks of it, it's literally Diablo 2, just with better graphics. It's not a, well, let's tweak this because this wasn't right. Nope, it's just graphics. Yep. So, uh, Zeely's brought up uh, Blizzard, and so we cannot, uh, we cannot let this topic go by. Let's talk about BlizzCon, Twitch, and Metallica. <laughs> So as some of you may be old enough to remember, Metallica was that uh, heavy metal band that basically goes, uh, you're stealing my money by uh, sharing our music online. Thrash metal, whatever. Head, uh, hair right, man, would, you call, would you call them a hair band? What? Would you call them a hair band? Oh, they're not a hair band. No. But the guy's that's squarely hair. that's squarely like a deaf lever. Or I know, poison. I know. I'm I'm just Come trying on. to rally you. That's up. right. Get me angry. All right. So Metallica was was basically the was at the forefront of going after everyone trying to sh uh, share music online for free and basically bring your pitchfork and torches. So, ironically, uh, and of course you know that Twitch basically is now in the policy of if there is a 0.5% chance that a sound or song may be copyrighted, they will exit. And if it if they see it's egregious enough, they'll even ban your Twitch account. Yep. So, what do we have here? So, BlizzCon happened, and of course, BlizzCon is being streamed on Twitch. Um, and the closing band is Metallica. Metallica. So, I want to preface this real quick. So, if you go, if you actually went to the BlizzCon official Twitch um, stream, you were able to watch. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, you were able to watch the the actual uh, concert, I guess. And of course, if you're on YouTube, you could if you are on the BlizzCon official YouTube stream, you could also do it. However, what happened was um, Twitch <clears throat> usually grabs one of like the top uh, channels uh, for, uh, you know, one of the tags gaming uh, and throws it up on their Twitch gaming channel, which, of course, 
BlizzCon with Metallica is going to be that. It makes sense. And um, so when it occurred, Twitch uh, basically replaced all the band music, so they didn't get a DMCA takedown, uh, with a plinky tune <laughs> over top of Metallica. So it's just kind of like this, you know, kind of yay me kind of music on top of watching uh, James Hetfield and the and the rest of Metallica, you know, thrashing their instruments. They were they were trying to rock out, and you, yep, the D, the uh, Twitch sound strikes again. Now, I, I, I yes, I I find it funny. I find it humorous, and I understand that you know it it was uh, Twitch's own channel, so but and it wasn't it was not Blizzard's, um, but I do you know it's kind of humorous that. It kind of all came together like that, you know. You got a band who, just... who who basically gets pissed off if someone uh, gives you a ten second freebie of any of their music, and you got Twitch who basically will go after everyone with everything they got for ten seconds of potentially copyrighted music together. Just never have music on Twitch ever again. Problem solved. The thing that okay, so here's my biggest issue, and I'll say this: Charlie, has, Charlie has an issue. If, if I, I understand, there's there's a lot of games out there that have uh, radio, and so you're gonna get you know like popular bands on the radio, like uh, Grand Theft Auto and all that stuff. But if the music is the actual music of the game, like it was made specifically for the game, do not hit me with a DMCA. But you don't have a license to that song because it's only licensed to you as a personal viewer in your household, sir. It was, I was just like, oh, you got to be effing kidding me. Because I got I got hit for a, an indie game. Oh. Like, oh, you can't do that. That song's from this indie game. I'm like, yeah, it's the game I'm playing. So how many strikes have you got? One. Oh, okay. Thankfully, I've not been hit with... Well, I don't play World of Warcraft, so I wouldn't have been hit with the strike for Sound of Wind Through Trees. Which is a thing. Yeah. Like, I know on our... Because at our robotics competitions, they always play, like, especially, like, 80s hair metal music. Mm -hmm. And if you watch a stream, especially after the fact, like, there'll be hours that are muted. Because, obviously, there is a... Uh, a auditory in the background of the music, but then Twitch doesn't really pick up that, oh, it stopped. Yep. And so you'll sometimes go like an hour with no audio because it's like, oh, we hear, you know, living on a prayer, but then it doesn't realize that it stops. And so it just continues to stay muted for quite some time. Yeah, I think it, it basically, I think there's like an algorithm of, okay, we heard it. So we're going to give at least two, I think it's like two minutes of silence. And then if there's any sound that does, that doesn't match up with, you know, if it could be construed as a potential sound bite from that band, I think then it just keeps Escalating. adding on. Yeah. I think, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I not part of Twitch or YouTube or Facebook. I just exist on the platform. You're a part of the community, sir. You I'm part of the community and I get informed when I do bad things, even though usually I don't see them as bad things, like, you know, playing a game whose music is in the game. Because that's what you're supposed to do on yeah. Twitch is play or, or games. play a game and get a, a strike because of a sound effect that's in the game that was 
for the game. What if the sounds in the game make up a musical rhyme? Oh God! You know, uh, so like, so like, it, like I mean, you do have games where you do have instruments they can play. And I'm not talking like rock band. I'm talking like bells, so you can make the bells play a tune. Uh oh. So we're talking about a music creator, and you're getting nailed for utilizing the sounds of the instruments. In a video game, yes. yes. Even though, like, that song was not originally in the game, but we made that sound in the game. I think you just get nailed for the sounds that created that song. Like, oh, that's Guitar Riff 4. Mm, that's copyrighted. Just delete the game. <laughs> it's gone. It's all gone. Goodbye. Okay, so. Um, we're talking about? Okay. Uh, BlizzCon. Let's talk about. Oh, gosh, darn it. My brain no working. Okay, um, let's let's do one more, and then we'll jump over to uh, friends of the show real quick. For those out there who are uh, Destiny Two players, which I'm going to be totally honest with you, I gave up after Destiny One because I was just like, "There's nothing to do," uh, so I never even gave Destiny Two a chance. Apparently, I Destiny Two it was fun. Apparently, there's there's this. Uh, there was a new system that was implemented called the infusion cap system, which uh, caused weapons to sunset after a certain amount of time. Well, Bungie's already come out after only having after only existing for four months. That system is gone because everyone, um, the community called it the weapon sunsetting. Yep. So they're like, no, that's no, you're not going to do that. And so Bungie has decided not to do that. But also. For those out there who are interested, uh, there will be cross-platform play uh, that coming this year, later this year, which will allow individuals on... See, okay, so here's the thing. They they word it really weird. They said cross-play between Windows PC and console players. Not that console players and console players can do cross-play, but PC to console which leads Still me to believe consoles. that it's probably Xbox and not Sony. Because mm. we know their track record. Yeah. P PlayStation doesn't like to play with others. They don't like people. We want you to pay for our IP and to use our stuff, but we don't want to allow you to enjoy others doing other things. Well, so the weird thing with Destiny, the only reason sunsetting mattered... And so what you could do is you found like a cool gun. You could basically, if you found another gun, say like your gun was power of 20. Yep. You really liked it. You found a gun power of 15. You could infuse gun power 15 into that gun power of 20 and up that to like 25 or something. So basically you found a type of weapon, gun, you could continuously in the past infuse that. So you could continue to do raids and et cetera, et cetera. The thing that to me though is coming from the world of like World of Warcraft and Rift and Final Fantasy XIV, to me the entire idea of not set setting was actually kind of weird, because in order to successfully raid future dungeons, you had to intentionally sunset your old gear to get better gear. So in a way, for me, I was like, well, duh, of course you have to sunset your own gear if you want the new gear. Um, now you could usually transmog it, at least to new versions, which means take skins basically and transform to old or newer, better gear because it looks cool. Okay, can, but, can we can we just talk about the transmog real quick? 
can can that just be like a universal thing for the love of god i'm playing uh what was it uh i was playing uh cyberpunk 2077 yep i wanted to have you know the best uh, armor and stuff but in order to do that instead of being able to like you know like redo the pants so they're not metallic shiny sparkle pink you know so i could have like i don't know a more neutral color I could never find that pair of pants, or if I did, it would be like an armor of one versus the sparkly pants, which was an armor of like 75. If I could just take those two and like combine them so I could get the right color, because I'm not saying, you know, you know uh, a palette switch because I want to. If I've got the exact same item, like, you know, it's like uh, cargo pants, yep. and you have cargo pants, but this cargo pants is super shiny pink Star power that's 75. And you got like cargo pants. Green one. Can I not just put like the green one on top so it so I don't look like I I tried to to get dressed in the dark? I'm just some of us like dressing in the dark. It's a daily adventure. True. Alright. So ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a second here to uh, to give a shout out to all of the friends of the show. Uh, so to listen in on all the awesomeness that is the love and support for Alter Confusion. We the Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to http indiecluster.com. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to www.herochiropractic.com. Nurburger Games is the game design imprint of award-winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. Craig has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPG. Now, Nurburger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nurburger Games endeavors to create games that explore corners of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored, or haven't been explored very often. These games forego dense gaming mechanics in favor of a lighter rule set that allow players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories. After yet another successful Kickstarter, their library has increased in size. Currently, the games that at least Zelius and I have played are Capers, Die Laughing, Merzen Acquisitions, and of course, the soon-to-be-played Good Strong Hands. For more information, go to www.nerdburgergames.com. Battle & Brew is Atlanta's first and oldest gaming bar and restaurant. Opened in 2005, Battle & Brew had a very modest menu, a few beer taps, and focused heavily on gaming. 
Now, they have grown to encompass so much more. They pioneered Geek Trivia in Atlanta and remain the hardest trivia in town. They have upgraded the menu from only a few items to all your bar favorites, and some soon-to-be favorites. They've expanded the gaming and kept everything top of the line. They've taken a good place and made it a great place. A place where the staff listens to your desires and suggestions. A place where you and your friends feel like you're at home. A place where everyone knows your game. For more information about Battle and Brew, go to www.battleandbrew.com. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you enjoyed getting to know some of our friends of the show. Now, if you uh, would like to be added to that friends of the show, all you need to know is that Alter Confusion has a Patreon. Patreon is an, allows us to live and uh, create uh, thanks to supporters like you. It's a monthly donation, which in turn allows you to have exclusive content uh, access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. And of course, that allows us to keep the lights on, uh, helps us upkeep the equipment, um, you know, go to conventions, because conventions are expensive, um, and whatnot. So we have two different levels. If you want to be part of the Friends of the Show, it's a $5 level. That's $60 a month. Uh, sorry, $60 a year, $5 a month. Um, and uh, there's also a $1 level. Now, at the $1 level, all what you'll gain is the ability to get uh, early access to all the playthroughs that are posted, and you'll also be able to take part in polls that will help uh, future Ultra Confusion content. Now, of course, once again, and that $1 would be $12 a year. The $5... Whoa, whoa. that's two cups of coffee. I know, I know. The $5, of course, would be $60 a year, and that will allow you to add your name, uh, add your name or your organization to the Friends of the Show section of all future Thursday night hangouts. So if you're interested, go to patreon.com slash alterconfusion and subscribe today. Now that we got that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to tell you about something that is super duper important to myself, Zelius, and many, many others. And that is Alter Confusion is once again, taking part in Extra Life. Uh, this will be our 10th straight year. Extra Life is gamers doing what we do best gaming to help sick and injured children at our chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The hospital that we play for is the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. The money we raise uh, goes directly to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the ability, please go to extra-life.org and search for Ultra Confusion, and you can uh, donate today. Now, if you Well, you are, don't want to say that really long URL? No, I'm not going to try to do that. Uh, now, <sighs> if, if you are interested in, um, uh, in taking part in Extra Life yourself, you can create your own profile, or hopefully, if the Ultra Confusion team page is working... You can join the team. Just give me a heads up, and I'll add you to the team so that you can help fundraise with us. Uh, amazing. Uh, now, of course, ladies and gentlemen, I know that a lot of you out there want to support Alter Confusion, but maybe you don't want to do it in a financial way. Or, real quick, if you do want to do it in a financial way, but a one-time thing, there is a PayPal option. If you go to, if you're on our Twitch show, uh, it's in the 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 box down below. And if you're not on Twitch, all you got to do is go to www.alteredconfusion.com. It's in one of the 
bars, when you scroll down, there's a donate now button. And it's a one-time uh, PayPal donation. Now, there are individuals out there who may want to uh, supply Alter Confusion with something that's not money. Like, I don't know, uh, uh, shirts, t-shirts. Shirts and t-shirts, the same thing, dummy. Hats. Beer. I don't know if you could... See, I'm, I'm a little bit cautious about interstate commerce when it comes to alcohol. I don't know what how What about inter interstate? Yeah. Um, There's people we know who live in Georgia. That's true. Uh, you know, Mountain Dew, Funko Pops, whatever. If you want to send that stuff to us, all you got to do is mail it to 1551 Dunwoody. That's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y Village Parkway. This is the next... This next part is the super duper important part. That is number 88276. Without that number, it just goes to the post office. It will be returned to you. That number, 88276, is the P.O. Box number. And it if you put there, if you put it there, we can get it. Uh, the city, of course, once again, is Dunwoody, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Georgia, 30338. And as I've stated in previous shows, um, I... I'm trying to do better by checking the P.O. box more often so that we don't have the fiasco that happened, I guess, a month ago. I checked yesterday. Um, there was just Look junk at mail. you, big boy pants. I know, big boy pants. Uh, I checked yesterday. There was only junk mail. It's okay. Junk mail, yay. Yay. I guess that's the benefit of not checking is the junk mail all gets returned. No, it doesn't. Wait, they return the legit mail but not the junk mail? They return packages. Oh, but they'll as long as they can keep. I mean, literally, there there've been times where I've had so much mail just jammed into my little PO box. I'm like, how? Did, look, look, some of the postmarks on this stuff. This is this is older than the the package slips, and you're letting me keep that. They got skills, man. I know. Anyway, skills, thrills. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump back into the topics and the. The first topic that I want to talk about, this is actually a topic that's kind of been bounced for a couple shows, and that is speedruns. So, does Charlie do speedruns? No. If I oh. do, it's not on purpose. Uh, so, the latest speedrun, I guess, I don't want to say fiasco. Um, controversy. Controversy. Saga. Yeah, there you go. Controversy is the fact that there is, uh, there is a level in Hitman 3 that task players to to eliminate two targets inside a heavily fortified skyscraper uh, with one of the potential victims routinely wandering around the upper floors and constantly flanked by security. Well, it turns out that if you just have dumb mad skills, you could beat that level in 10 seconds. Whoa. So, of course, everyone's up in arms like, oh, my God, that's look. Well, what are we paying for? OK. As we've said many, many times. Um, if, if you're trying to play the game as fast as you can possibly play, then that is how you're going to play the game. For those individuals who are not trying to get under 10 seconds, you're probably going to get your money's worth because there's a shit ton amount of game. I mean, it's the same thing with, was it Skyrim that you could beat all of Skyrim. If you just do just the main missions, I think it's like 16 minutes, but I played Skyrim for over a hundred hours. You know, you could probably, if you were to speed run Cyberpunk 27.7, I'm pretty sure you could beat it, like, under an hour. But I spent over 100 hours. It's all in the People way you like play. People, like, actually pay attention to, like, speedrunner times. That makes no sense. Like, the, literally, zero sense. Yeah. I don't understand. I, I, like, well, if you really want to know the average time, 
You can just go howlongtobeat.com and find the game and see what the actual time to beat a game is. I'm sure that what they do is they probably just pull the game data from like Steam and stuff and go, okay, how much time did this person and just like create an algorithm and average all the the uh, the the hours put forward to to produce that number, which uh, totally makes you sense. You actually have to put in your numbers. Oh, boo! I don't do that. <laughs> Manual labor? Come on. Hey, for no. you, you need some labor in your life, sir. All right. So, uh, the so that was the first part of the the topic speed run but then there was uh there was a follow-up topic from a, a fan uh who who basically asked and and i'll go first and then i'll let zelius answer uh what is a speed run to you so a speed run to me is just basically trying to get through the game as fast as possible i know that some people i don't know i don't know why you would okay there are people out there for some reason who want to try to do the completionist, which is 100% completion, speed running, which I don't know why, I don't know how that ma- that makes my head hurt. That sounds um, mentally painful. Yes, speed run to me is go as fast as you can uh, to start to end. That's that's it. I I don't know. I don't think if you're going for 100% completion, I don't think it's a speed run at that point. I could be wrong. But I guess if you're trying to do it as long as possible, then I guess. Kind of. I don't. I don't think right? that. I don't think trying to do. If you're trying to accomplish a completionist, which is 100% completion, you can't be speedrunning. Can you? I mean, ah, that's like that's like a niche market of a niche market. It's like, oh, you're, we're part of the speedrun scene. Okay, but inside that speedrun scene is the ones who completed 100% of the game, the fastest. I Well, that reminds me. So when I was back in the day, I lived with a roommate in high school mm-hmm. who, or college, not in high school, in college. And he was really active on the Game Facts forums back when that was a big deal. Is that Mason? Yes. Okay. And one of the big deals was basically 100% completion in the games. Yep. It was a huge deal because... A lot of the games, in order to do 100% completion, you kind of had to gimmick the game a little bit. So, like, one instance, for instance, was the original OG Kingdom Hearts on PS2. And I remember, in order to get 100% completion, you got to get hit less than 100 times in the game to get the right special ending for that. In order to do that, you had to get a high enough, like, dodge rating on the first island, like, a high enough dodge rating, so you had to get up to like level 50 on the first island. Mm-hmm. And so the dude spent like 20 hours on the first island and uh, just grinding that first island. And that was a really big deal. So it does make natural sense that there is a like cross pollination of the two where it's not just a speed run because I, on its own, its own crux, a speed run is yes. How long does it take to finish the game? Period into discussion. But like, the English language allows us to do, we can add modifiers and qualifiers to said statement. And one such modified statement is 100% completionist to the fastest possible is a legitimate stat. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to be in either. I'm not going to be in either group. Uh, oh, no. Like, I, I don't gave, get either of them. I gave, I gave up on trying to be a completionist back in 1997 when I when I missed out on one character in Swickedid where you have to collect 108 characters and I had 106 and you're like, but you said 108. 
If you had 106, that means you're missing two. Yeah. Mm. Oh, shit. It's, it's what? It was originally released in 95 in Japan. So there is one character that you only have one chance to get, and he's a side alley in one city that once you leave that city, the city gets burned to the ground, and you never get that character. I accidentally, mm. literally at the last minute, I'm like, oh, there's the alley, and I walked out. And then the rest is history. Because what happens is you got that guy, one of the guys that you have dies. and But if you have that guy at the end of the game, the guy who dies comes back. So you have the full 108. So you bastard! Uh, anyways. Uh, and also, I like to enjoy my games. I think that's way too much pressure on me personally to do speed runs. I'm not going to try to do things as fast as possible. That's not to say that if I've done something like a million times that I won't just do it as fast as possible to get onto the next part of the game. But I'm not going to try to do it from point A to point B. Ah, Mr. Sims is in the audience now. Oh, dear. Yep. Everything. Oh, geez. Um, So, I mean, Zealous, is there there ever been a time where you've you've tried to do a speed run? No. Doesn't appeal to me. I think the only time that I've really... um, tuned in to or like paid attention to a speed run is like when it's really like an old school game like watching a speed run of of the original super mario brothers that is entertaining to me because it That's takes nostalgia. you know um it's you know it's it's all about timing the jumps correct and then of course if you want to go crazy you need to uh if you don't know about this band yet it's called bit brigade they uh, they have one guy on the stage who'll be playing original Nintendo game. Um, it could be Zelda, could be Mario, could be a bunch of things. And the band will play the music and sound effects while this guy plays the game because they've timed it that well. That is cool. I would never do that, but it's really freaking cool to watch. Yep, can't help you there. Don't know that one. You should. I mean, you should probably check it out. Um so, we just talked about uh, speed runs. Now let's talk about plagiarism. Are we plagiarizing now? No, we're not. But um, in the world, that is the world. There are individuals out there trying to make a quick buck by basically uh, doing sad copies of someone else's work. Uh, Zelis and I... Um, Thankfully, have never had that happen to us personally, but we have seen there was an artist at Momocon, I think there were actually another convention we were at, who was basically stealing other artists' work, adding a couple filters in like uh, Photoshop, and then selling the work for like 50 bucks. Oh, yeah, uh, I remember that. Uh, so, but the, the and uh, then there was that story a couple, I think it was like a month or two ago about the, um, the, the big YouTube, uh, gamer who was basically doing a commentary for this uh, uh, early, early look of a game, it turns out that he stole the entire script from a smaller YouTuber. So nice. let's talk about and this one. This story is about um, digital art or, or just artistry in general. And that is there's a gentleman by the name of Butch Hartman. Butch Hartman is the creative mind behind uh, Nickelodeon shows such as Fairly Odd Parents and um, Danny Phantom. Uh, he has been constantly put underneath the uh, 
the microscope when it comes to his um, uh, his commission art, because it turns out that he has a very bad habit of charging $200 for his commission art. And what he does is he, from my understanding, this is my interpretation of what he does, he scans the internet for little known artists that have done that exact same thing. And then he puts his Butch Hartman twist on it. But literally the pose is the same, the dimensions are the same, but he makes it slightly different. The latest one I think was from uh, Attack on Titan. Um, but thankfully, because of the internet uh, and the vast majority of the uh, independent artist scene, they look out for each other. And so as soon as someone, uh, as soon as Butch Hartman posted a picture of, look at this amazing Attack on Titan piece I just did for my good friend at whatever, Ooh. someone immediately goes, dude, that looks like someone else's work. And then they get in contact with artists and then it looks, you put it up, you put them side by side. First of all, the, the smaller little known artist, that picture is phenomenal. And then to be honest with you, the Butch Hartman one's a piece of shit, but it, it literally is identical. So you have, so you got this on top of that. Let's talk about another awesome thing to really piss off all your fan base. Kickstarter. So in, in 2018, Butch Hartman uh, decided to launch a Kickstarter campaign uh, for an entertainment network. Uh, it was it was going to be a family friendly alternative to other streaming services. Uh, it raised over two hundred sixty eight thousand dollars, and uh, then came the uh, a little bit more info on it that none of the backers were aware of, and that was that. He basically um, was going to put a, a very, uh, he was going to focus most of his stuff on Christianity. Um, and everyone's going, whoa, whoa, no, 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 family friendly, not, not family friendly uh, with the caveat that it has to be Christian. And um, as of right now, I believe, yeah, as of right now, the website for this uh, entertainment network is almost ready, uh, which, yeah, no. Are you excited for all this family-friendly content then, sir? No, I think he's taking the money and run. And oh, the funny thing that's, is- That's friendly. Yeah. So this guy, um, he, at one point, he, so he left uh, Nickelodeon and started his own YouTube channel, and he actually had a pretty good- I'd say, I think it was like 800,000 uh, viewers at the height. Um, and because of all these scandals after scandals, and then this this entertainment network that still hasn't shown up, uh, all of his videos are lucky to get 10,000 views in total. And what did he have before? He had 800,000 subscribers. So you're looking oh. at at least 800,000 views per video, yep. plus more. I would say it's a little bit of a difference. Yes, I would say so too. But look, don't, don't cheat. cheat. Yeah, don't cheat. Yeah, I mean, cheat. I, I, I don't know how else to put it. Don't steal someone else's work. If you can't do it, say you can't do it or learn how to do it. I don't know how to do it. Are you willing to learn? 
I'd rather just steal somebody else's work so I can spend that time doing other stuff. No. No? Why not? No. What's wrong with that, sir? That's not how the world works. Isn't that winning? Uh, Actually, that really is kind of how the world works. I know it is. I know it is. But (laughs) it's not the way the world should be, okay? Touche. I'm trying to to look at things nicely, okay? Damn it, Celius. It's not my fault that you're an idealist. That's actually a scary thought. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Things that I've learned uh, since since uh being introduced to kickstarter make damn sure that the the project that you're trying to support is actually going to see uh all it's going to be able to go all the way through you're going to see it to fruition um make sure that the stretch goals don't get absolutely insane uh and do not pledge on something that is just a promise or a prototype but I promise that this is going to be like the best game ever, dude. And it's going to be awesome. And so I think that you should play my game because it's going to be the best game. Yeah. No. The so, bestest game. So uh, I I will fully admit that I've basically, if I were to look at the, the history of the games that I've backed on, or sorry, the, the, the history of Kickstarter projects that I have backed, and then if I were to take the amount of money that from the Kickstarter projects that I either, at this point, I feel like lost or a chunk of that project was lost, I'd say that I've probably, I've probably f- at least 400 bucks down. Yeah, you know, that's about my GameStop investment. That's how that went. Because there's there's absolutely, there's two projects that will never see the light of day. But it's so far beyond, you're never, I'm not going to get up. I won't, first of all, one of them is before that, uh, the, the uh, refund clause. So that ain't going to happen. And uh, what really sucks is that I got to know the developer and I got really excited. And uh, yeah. I could have bought myself well, a PlayStation 5 if I could have found one, Sims. If I could have found one. I mean, but then again, few, I'm not a Sony guy. It's taken me a few games to uh, figure out that, you know, it's a terrible day in life. Game one purchases. You mean day one? What did I say? Game one. Wow. Yes. Day one game purchases. Uh, yeah. You know, wait five days and see if like it still is, you know, Mac Dad is everybody thinks it is. If it is, great. Get it five days late. I would I would push it out even further than five days. I'd say the first ten. Wait ten okay. days. Because chances are you may run into the issue that I ran into, and that was uh the game tried to install or tried to create a read-only directory and then put a file in there, which it couldn't, and so it kept giving me a disread error. Or well, it's not you, my fault you didn't install correctly. Or you have a, a game that once everyone truly gets into it, crashes the server. <clears throat> SimCity. Um, oh, speaking of servers. Yes, sir. Did you see the sad news? Oh, God, what happened now? Defiance. No! Defiance and Defiance 2050 are officially shutting down, I think, at the end of April. Sad day. I never actually got to play 2050. Uh, I always meant to. I, from what I've read, Defiance is the better version. Basically, 2050 was supposed to be like a remaster of 
defiance. And basically, it was more of a cash grab. Um, yeah. To even more trans microtransaction was basically the goal. Of course. Speaking and of, uh, you keep going. The thing, that makes, the thing that makes me sad is like I really feel like I will stand by Defiance was just as fun as Destiny, if not more fun. Agreed. Um, I really think if it had better marketing and like more push behind it, and it didn't just stay where the Defiance video game, like it tried tying in too much to the television series, so people who weren't interested in TV series didn't care. And I, I feel like they really branched down better marketing. It really could have taken off because it I, was a. I thought it was a great game. You know, I, I I kind of agree with with the fact that it was tied in with the marketing. I think that it was set in the same universe. But if to be honest with you, I think that if Defiance the the game uh, was uh, being developed by Riot Games, that damn thing would have taken off like a because oh That's by the it, way. Yeah. Uh, Riot Games is now creating an MMO. They're accepting applications right now uh, to create a, um, uh, a an MMO that is set in the uh, League of Legends universe. Oh, yeah. Um, but speaking of microtransactions, micro uh, you know that we have, um, we're in that time where uh, consumers are finally starting to push back on this, the random loot box, loot crate. And there's a bunch of lawsuits out there, especially one in North Carolina, I think. Uh, so there's a bunch of companies that have been settling with gamers over loot box fiascos. For those who don't know what a loot box is, it's basically you pay real world money for a box that has a random item that could be trash or the most epic item you've ever seen. And uh, it's, it's called gambling and betting yes, and a game of chance. Gambling. So um, there was a um, there was an item called the Loot Llama in Fortnite uh, that players purchased. And so this was part of one of the settlements. They, uh, Epic has gone out and is basically reimbursing all of the people who bought the Loot Llama. Now... And I want I want everyone's opinion on this. What they've decided to do is give you a uh, a thousand V bucks, which is the 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 in game currency, like the special in game currency, which basically translates into nine ninety nine. I couldn't find the price of what the loot llama originally cost. I'm hoping that was nine ninety nine. But what is your feeling, Zelius and audience, about uh, when when companies have to kind of like reimburse you for something that is way beyond sketchy and they just give you in-game currency. Actually, you know what? That's the GameStop uh, model. So they basically got... Uh-oh, he's sneezing. Oh, boy. So they basically have a gambling mechanism yep. and they're basically actually further reinducing, reinforcing that gambling mechanism by giving you more ability to gamble in game is really what they're doing because sort the whole of. point of gambling, what I said, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It's the whole point of gambling is to get that high. It's, you know, people go, you see all the time where people go into casinos and they don't gamble because they win. They gamble because they win and they get the high, the endorphins, and so they think they can win over and over and over again. Yep. Loot boxes are no different. Well, most people, ninety-eight percent of them. You get, and then you get same thing with loot boxes. You get a 
get all this woo, free money, you're going to win that sweet epic loot box. So the future, when you run out of the free currency, well, I can win again, so you're going to pay more money. I think it's predatory and terrible. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I... First of all, I, I do want to point out that Epic has decided this was this uh, lawsuit was only in the U.S., but he they decided to to basically give gamers all over the world who got that um, the 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 hundred the, the thousand V bucks. Uh, our friend Sim says, "Give me the cash." Now, I do understand there that by doing it with in-game currency, you're also kind of not having to worry about exchange rates or the power of the dollar or the ruby or the euro or the insert currency name here. Because I, I, I'm sure that if they were to give you, you know, reimburse you in whatever your currency is, that there might be like slight changes. But it also literally doesn't cost the developer money. Like they're giving him fake currency. Oh no. I know, but like, now now you can buy more stuff in the game, which literally costs the publisher nothing. Right, uh, our friend Sam's goes. It's not hitting their bottom line either. It, it's that's what yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's you're not actually punishing anyone. Like nobody's actually being punished. Punished. Right. Like, but, but they're like we well. We're I bet sorry. they're gonna look at their bottom line and be like, oh, look at all these extra microtransactions per people purchased. It doesn't matter that it came from basically free currency they gave everyone. They're just going to see even better. So they're doing better. So this is actually working. No, let's be honest. The thing is, if for anyone out there who has, who's done, um, who's bought, like, you know, done microtransactions, uh, the first one is the hardest and then it gets easier. They give you, I don't know what, what the, you know, what the price of all those things in uh, Fortnite is, but I'm going to guess that it doesn't exactly equal out to a thousand V bucks. It's probably like 600 V-Bucks. So you'd be like, oh, that was a cool item. And then release something new. You're like, oh, I, I know that I've got those. I've got the 400 V-Bucks left over, but I want this new thing. And so they buy into it. So, you know, it's you know they it's it's like going into a casino and they're fronting you 100 bucks. And then you lose track of time, you start winning, then you start losing. And the next thing you know, you empty out your bank account. And uh, they, it's the, the $100 investment they gave to you ends up netting them, I don't know, 1500 bucks, bare minimum. That, that's exactly right. I agree. Um, uh, yes, I hate loot boxes. Like, yeah. And it doesn't matter if they're for item games or if they're for skins or whatever they are. I really, really dislike the purchasing of loot boxes in general. I like use I, I I've got no issues with buying the the supreme super special currency with my real money for things that will translate into actual purchase in the game. Like uh Legend of Ruterra. Uh if I use the money to get a new uh, board or a new pet on the side or some new uh, emoticons. But are you actually purchasing with the currency? Mm -hmm. You know, are you getting the board of epicness? Do you know yeah. you're getting this specific? Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, totally I'm totally fine with that. that. Yes. Yeah, but not uh, in this box could be the sword of awesomeness plus 55, or it might be peeny weeny teeny weeny Minus five. 
I particularly in PvP games which for competitive balance. Yep. Yeah, I yep, I it really kind of makes me angry. I'm right there with you. Okay. Um so some out there, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I do not really follow DC movies. Um uh, basically since, terrible. Yeah, basically. Uh, I think the last one was uh the Dark Knight Rises. I think that was a good movie. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna uh, no. I watched uh, Wonder Woman. That was phenomenal. Uh, but the vast majority of them trash. Uh, and then I've never seen this movie, The Justice League. But apparently, there is now like a bajillion different versions. And the one that everyone really likes is the Snyder Cut. Ooh. Um, and so the question that I was asked uh, to present to the class uh, was. Do you think that this, the, the the fact the fact that the Justice League has you know the the let's see here uh, they got the theatrical cut the director's cut the black and white cut the Snyder's cut the black and white Snyder cut that we're kind of setting us up for future movies where we might just like the consumer will get like all the film and you can basically piece it together to make your awesome epic version of the film that you think is the best. No. This reeks of a movie that the director had one vision and the studio had another vision and the director did not get to get his vision that he thought should be produced. And so the studio said, do it this way. It was done that way. And it was a shit-tastic movie. So now they are trying to basically uh, fix their rear end. Um, You're not seeing this with Marvel movies because they actually have a vision. And they actually don't have a terrible product, whereas DC continuously puts out turd poo um, because they don't let their people actually do their jobs. Well, I think I honestly, I mean, I can, I totally get what that's coming from that question, mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like this is really a case of the movie producers trying to basically recoup the cost of the movie um, and trying to make some kind of profit of it from a movie that they thought. Um, would basically compete with the Avengers and just didn't. Is that where, let's see, um, uh, Sam's asked, is that the one where they changed directors after filming director Loss's daughter? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't, (sighs) I don't know. We'll have to research that. But um, I, I understand where this, 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 you know, line of thinking it is, and you're right. It's it's to try to uh, recoup some of the the money that they thought they were going to make, but they didn't because it was absolute garbage. Um, and and there, I think that uh, Lord of the Rings really was the uh, the movies that showed that if you give like the epic version of every single movie, that people will pay a shit ton of money. And so you are seeing these. Uh, you know, a lot more director cuts. Now, my issue is that I personally think that there is a, there is a time after the movie is released for you to make any humongous changes. Like, I, how do I put this? You cannot do what Lucas did. You cannot go back into the, the original Star Wars movies and start editing scenes so it's clearer who shot first. You can't do yes. that. That's like 
after the fact, yeah. I mean, you guys knew what the movie was. You had your production time. Just make the damn movie. But here's the thing. it you you ha- Everyone loved the movie how it was for like 20 years. And all of a sudden, you're like, you know what? We need to clarify these uh, these nerd questions. Like, no. No, you don't. That's part of what makes it so great is that there are those questions. That's what makes it such a legendary question and by eliminating the question, you kind of defeat the whole purpose in the first place. Well, it's like, like it, everyone's allowed to have their own opinion when something's a little bit vague. Uh, you know, like who actually did shoot first or uh, an inception. Did Cobb actually go all the way out or is he still in someone's dream? Whose dream is he Pulp, in? In Pulp Fiction, what was in the briefcase? Yeah, what was in the brief? Or hell, the, the movie uh, Ronin was in the briefcase because that's a briefcase as well. I never saw Ronin. Oh, it's a good one. Um, I've heard. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, well, technically you saw it for like half a second, but in seven, what's in the box? Oh, God, that's just, no, no, no. <laughs> but seriously, oh. that uh, you, you know what that one is. But yes. the thing is, look, if, if your movie or your book or whatever is good enough that you have people talking about it forever, you don't have to correct or or try to clarify any ambiguity. I understand that you that at some point you're like, okay, seriously, you guys don't understand what's going on here. You want to make it easier for people to figure out, but you got to step away, man. What's oh, another what's modern your... day one? Sorry, another one is um, how Tolkien or not Tolkien, good gosh, um, Rowling keeps trying to further comment about things with the characters from original Harry Potter. It's like, no, just stop even talking about it. Like, you're not helping anything. Just leave the original seven books that we all loved as they were. And you don't need to make it as some crazy geopolitical issue that you're now trying to do with all your books. Okay, so that, see, that's that's something else, too, is you, what'd you call it? Um, uh, when you basically rewrite. Revisionist. His, huh? Yeah, revisionist. Revisionist. Yeah, because um, to to be more PC, you give more background and 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 clarity to specific characters that you're now introducing in in later stories that just don't match up and have people going, "What? Don't do that." I agree. It's not necessary and just makes. If anything, it's gimmick. Like people could get over the incongruities and those kind of things, mm-hmm. but you go back and you start trying to rewrite actively rewrite previous history that's totally different and that's only going to upset people uh people get over inconsistencies in future iterations i mean that's what we do that's a uh, suspension of belief that's just normal it's when you start rewriting that previous history that's when people start losing their monkey balls so okay so here's here's one other thing that i'll that i'll say and that is there are some movies that are so bad they're good and I, once again, once you've let your baby out into the wild, let it live in whatever it ends up being. It might be, you think it's a, it's a masterpiece, but people think it's garbage, but it's so hot garbage that everyone, you gain like a, a cult following behind it. Cause you're just like, yes, I have to watch Trolls 2, which has nothing to do with Trolls 1. It actually has to do with, I think it was like goblins in the city of Noblig, which is goblin spelled backwards. 
Spoiler alert. I don't know uh, if I've ever actually seen the movie. I have only seen pieces of it. I'm like, this is the stupidest thing in the world. Uh, but there are. Well, like, I thought you said it was a cold hit. You should have watched the whole thing. No, thank you. There are yeah. some cold hits out there that I have watched, and um, and there's some so cold hits out there. What is your favorite cold hit? Mm. Mm. Boondock Saints. Is that really a cold hit, yep. or is that just? I mean, that's I that technically yes. Like that, nobody considers that a bad movie. I guess exactly. I think. I mean, that's not a, nobody thinks it's a bad movie. No, no, but it has a cult like following. Okay, uh, fair Donnie enough. Darko. Ooh, that's good. I mean, I mean, you're talking about critically acclaimed movies now. All right, fine. Grandma's Boy. Okay, there you go. I love Grandma's Boy. I love that. When it's on, I, I watch it all the way through, man. But it, I, I will, I will fully admit, it's not the you know most intellectually stimulating movie, but I love it. It's classic Adam Sandler. What do you expect? They're not supposed but without to be without Adam Sandler. I thought it had Adam Sandler. Mm-mm. No, he was the uh, executive producer on it. It was his buddy. Uh, who oh. did the entire thing? Sandler hmm. apparently showed up on on uh, on uh, the set like maybe four or five times throughout the entire thing, but he just let his buddies, you know, go with it. Uh, for those, well, that's you- how he made his post career, basically on Netflix. Yeah, is all the Adam ones you see on Netflix? They're mm-hmm. all but like hundred percent. He just has his buddies over and they just like have a party making a movie, basically. Uh, like and and why like not? They were. I mean. Yeah. People pay money to do it. I would do the same thing. Hell yeah. I mean, it's there. Adam Sandler, I think, as an example of he's gotten far enough in life where he's just like, you know what? Let's just do a stupid movie. Me and my buddies. Let's do it. Um, for those who are interested, the, uh, the, the lead, Happy Gilmore just celebrated his 25th year. Um, this one's for you, shooter. Um, that was a, that's a, it's a classic. But okay, actually. Ironically, speaking of Happy Gilmore, uh, in the movie, Happy in, in the movie, a Happy, uh, played by Adam Sandler, uh, has to find himself a caddy for when he jumps on the pro tour. And he picks basically this homeless guy who's cleaning the windows of the cars in the parking lot. That guy, the the guy, the actor who plays his caddy, is actually the lead in Grandma's Boy. Hmm. So it was another one of his buddies. Oh yeah, it was one of his buddies nice. from like way back when. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, I, look, there are there are going to be movies out there that, for some reason, you know, need uh, a director's extended edition. But the vast majority of the movies out there are either they're going to sink or swim, and there's nothing you could do about it. This. Well, this... okay, but I'll give one exception to that. All right, Lord of the Rings. I will never watch the extended thing. It was long enough unextended. I want to stab you through my webcam with this. How about this? How about The Hobbit? How the f- do you make it, was it three or four movies for okay. just a book? I was talking about Lord of the Rings, damn it, not The Hobbit. Now you're just making me angrier. I'm going to stab my cat by accident now. Don't do it. Don't do it. Ah! Don't do it. No, but seriously. Like, yeah, I understand. I mean, they're... For those, the the beautiful thing about the extended editions was that it allowed for those individuals, those hardcore fans, to get even more, and I'm okay with that. Uh, but it, it just this this whole Snyder cut and and stuff, it just feels like, do you like this? How about this? How about this? How about this? What if we did this? Would you be okay with this? It's just, I don't know. It reeks of desperation. Yes, absolutely. But 
Anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it looks like we have unfortunately reached the end of our show. Uh, as you saw, uh, Zelius's overlord has appeared several times in the frame, uh, informing Zelius that she is hungry and she needs his undivided attention. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure giving everything on our heads, our mouths, and of course... Our hearts will be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.